do. You're gonna do the intro. Well, I, I wanted to talk to you about uh, your anxiety, and I wanted to know if it if it is what it appears to be, in the sense that like you as a human being that I know, there's always like a little bit of like a high strungness to you, even when like you're in like a moment of like calm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just the the pace in which you talk. Or is it a thing that you constantly feel? Like, am I am I projecting this onto you, or is this a thing that you live through? Well, I mean, my first comedy album is called Nervous, so yeah, obviously, you know, I'm aware. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm a very anxious. I know. Person. For anyone listening, it sounds like I'm throwing something right onto you, and you're like, no. I mean, this is kind of it's your personality. It's what you are. Well, yeah, I'm a little bit, um, I'm definitely anxious. I think it definitely got, I've always been a little neurotic. I think it definitely got heightened when I started doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, and I think for several different reasons, you know, I think on the performance aspect of it, I think, you know, I, I really, um, I guess maybe because we unlock some, I really do believe comedians, the more you do stand up, I, I really do believe we kind of like almost unlock this intuition. You know, you're on stage and you just kind of, uh, you just you just kind of start to see and feel a little more if you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. I think maybe my anxiety was kind of heightened uh, through, through, the, through the art form, you know, kind of seeing things more quickly. I off. think so, because like, I'm not. I was saying, like, talking to you, like, before. What? Oh, no. I want you to repeat that last part again. No, I I don't know if I'm articulating it correctly, but I just feel like, um, yeah, just from performing, uh, Uh it's it's just kind of heightened it. Yeah, kind of. But, like, if you talk to, if I was to not know you at all and I talked to you before stage or, like, watch you, like, talk to your friends before stage, like oh that guy's a little is a little but then it, the energy at all it's like like no 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 i use this energy and i shift it around and entertain people with it it's like part of your tools well i think once i get to the club i'm just like a little bit I, you know and also on top of that like I'm, I'm gonna be real man it's like i've been doing stand-up for a long time and and like this might get you know comments like this get backlash but it's also real it's also true and the comedy community is not supportive and quite frankly like yeah. i think when i go to clubs like i kind of just want to get in and out because look people have been really terrible to me truthfully uh-huh. so like i'm always there like all right what's gonna happen next who's gonna like so i think i just go there and i'm typically just like hey man i just want to do my art and get out you know uh-huh. i'd love to like hang out and chill more but there's always you know it always seems to be especially especially the places where like it's more free for people that just hang out like there's more uh-huh. hanging out it's always just kind of like you know you're stuck maybe you're in a rush and then you get stuck in conversations you don't want to be in and sometimes maybe you've got stuff on your mind you know so I, I think maybe like um i don't know if i was always like this i think it got like kind of worse with you know with time and just like the exhaustion of like having to entertain such bs you know yeah I, I, and i know it's like and i think that like even if people hear this and they're like oh man i can't believe he's saying this i feel like they're also listening to this going, yeah, but he's right. Mm-hmm. There, yeah, that's definitely out there. I, the, people have a hard time distinguishing whether the comedy clubs are a comedy club or a bar. 
you know, yeah. like specifically the comics. And like when comics make the comedy clubs their bar, it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, because I'm just sitting there like, hey, I'm at work right now. You know, yeah, like, and I feel that way too. Like I want to get in, I want to crush, I want to come back. And like, I do want to bask in it a little bit. I definitely do. But I also don't want to get drunk in front of my coworkers or see my coworkers get drunk. It's weird to me. And also it's like, and, and I, and, and also I'm not saying that like hanging out at a club is not good because you, you should, if you're a comic trying to break in, you yeah. should hang out and you have to schmooze and you have to bump, you know, rub elbows. And like, that's, that is how it works. So uh. I'm not hating on people that are doing that to further their career, but the ones that are just like hanging there or they're bitter and they're just throwing shade at you. And it's like, Hey man, I'm just trying to get up and, you know, if you want to come up and say, Hey, what's going on? And like, you know, be organic. And you're like, you know, look, you're trying to um, cultivate a relationship. Like, that's cool. I, I respect that. Yeah. I, run it. I still do it. You have to do it. But you know, that this culture now of like, it's almost like there's like weird roast battle culture of like everyone coming in and just kind of being mean to one another. And like, I just have like weird, it's just, you know, so I think that's a lot of times where my anxiety comes in where I'm at the clubs. I'm just kind of like, yeah, you know, what's, what's up, man. I just want to, I kind of just want to do this and I, I just want to, you know, kind of go home or. Yeah. But when you do see a friend, doesn't it relax you like just a little bit? Like when I saw you at uh, comedy Chateau a couple weeks ago, I knew like one, two people kind of there. Right. And then you showed up and it's like, Oh, finally, somebody I've known for years. Like, this is good. Like I can be yeah, there was, and comfortable. Yeah. That's why I kept walking over to you too. Cause like, I actually like that place. Um, but there are, there are a lot of people that are, that are, that hang out there. And, uh, you know, so yeah, I, like I love the stage and, and, and they're good to me there. So, but, but yeah, that's one of those. Yeah. And their crowds are amazing. It's kind of crazy how good their crowds are. Yeah. And also I was like, I think I was, I think when I saw you, I was going back to New York the, the day after. Yeah. It was definitely, my car was getting, I was shipping my car. It was getting picked up at like 6am. I, yeah, I was definitely like that night. I was actually very stressed out um, mm -hmm. reason, <laughs> you know, yeah. so then just like whatever, but, but yeah, um, I think that might be a little bit of, uh, of where my anxiety, li anxiety lies there. Also, like, I think I've embraced it for my art, which probably isn't the, which is good for my art, but is it good for, for me day to day? Probably not. Um, but it's something I've actually been working on because I've, I mean, I've always been an anxious person. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not like I was mm -hmm. like, even keeled and then stand up, and then I started doing stand up, and all of a sudden I, got, <laughs> I was always an anxious person. Um, but, but yeah, definitely, definitely heightened after you know door. But at times, it's funny. Um, some aspects of my anxiety had actually gotten better from stand up, maybe because I was more fulfilled. Mm -hmm. but or do you think maybe you're in more control because you do there is a control that you have over the audience yeah 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 and yeah, so yeah. i think like you you being able to have the anxiety and still be like look i'm still controlling the room with the anxiety like it is just another tool in my belt well i think i've already used that metaphor really so well i think um yeah but it's it, well it just makes you feel um, what's the word I'm looking for when you feel like things are, uh, by the way, I don't know what's wrong with me. I forget words now. Do you do this? 
all the time. Yeah, every year I lose words. You just, that's so it's weird. Every year you lose words. Every year there's yeah. words that I'm like, what's that word? I find myself going, what's that word? Why do we? Do yeah, that? I know. And it's like simple ones where you're like, when you put two things together and someone's like, combine, you're like, yes. And you know what's I'm annoying? Really sorry. When someone's like, it's on the tip of your tongue, but like mm-hmm. truthfully, it, oh, it, it is in some weird way. Like I understand that meaning, so that, that saying so much. It really is like on the tip of my tongue. But yeah, like you just, it really is. I was actually proud of myself. Like two nights ago, I was on stage and I had a word on the tip of my tongue. It's in my act. I should know it. I forgot it. And I asked the audience, I was like, what's that word when you do the thing and the thing? Yeah. And the guy on the front said the word. And I was like, thank you. And then I like went on with it. And I was like, I'm happy that I didn't get nervous with it and stayed calm with it so they could like go with me on the journey stuff. What a great magic act. Would a magician, that would be a great act if a magician was pulling words that were on the tips of people's <laughs> tongues out of, the, out of the tip of his tongue. He's like, you have a word. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, here's your word. And then he pulls it out. And they're like, oh my God, it was, you know, nefarious. <laughs> how, how did you know that? So, Have you ever been to a, like an honestly like awesome magic show? Where you're yeah. just like, this guy's reading everyone's mind here. This guy's from another planet. Yeah, the Magic Castle was pretty good when I went. Um, I went there a few times. And yeah, I've been to, I've been to some good ones. Yeah, magicians, magicians, I love magicians. They freak me out, man. I don't know how they do that. Not in like a bad way, freak me out. But like, I genuinely can't wrap my head. I mean, everyone can. Like, I don't, I'm not saying, but like, I genuinely cannot wrap my head around how they even begin to do that. I'm just like, and, and I want to say I like, I could be able to figure it out, but like, I just don't, I don't know. And, and I know a couple, there's like two magicians I'm like, you know, pr- pretty friendly with and they get me tickets mm-hmm. and they're big magicians and they will not, like, they really will not reveal the littlest trick or anything. They won't even tell yeah. you they're very much like, no, I'm not, you know, it's like the sanctity of, of which I love. I, I, I love that. Yeah. I hope, I hope influencers don't start to take over magic and then start to like reveal dude i've loved that like magic is like just grateful and paul doesn't decide to be a magician now and just ruin magic you know (laughs) that would be the worst thing that can happen to him but like there's guys out there like matt price who's a magician that was like all right tiktok's a thing i guess i'm gonna do a bunch of 15 second magic tricks um i was gonna say i'm jealous of magicians straight jealous of the fact that they get these tricks they get to do and we have to play with our act and try to like do the act. The act is the thing they're doing while they're doing the tricks. The worst thing that happens if their act fails is they still amaze you with tricks. Who do you think? Like, who do you think? So, like, women are more are less likely to date a comedian or a magician? Because I'll tell you what, I know a couple of my friends who have like dated comedians. I don't know anyone that's dated magicians. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, like, two of my best friends are magicians. So I, like I meet their girlfriends. Yeah, yeah. So I for sure have seen this. I think the answer is, um, is it very comedians? Specific? Okay. Yeah. And I think there's a real specific answer to this. And it's because magicians are lying to your face and getting away with it. And I think that's a hurdle that they have to deal with uh, to where comedians, they feel like everything you're saying is just the most genuine, sincere truth from your heart. And yeah. they have to deal with the fact that it's not. You know, but but that's more welcoming that second one. <laughs> that's that's so. Yeah, I always think about that. I've never once had a friend that was like, "Yeah, I started seeing this guy. He's a magician." I've never, I've never seen it. You know, that, 
And I've always, I've always thought that to myself, like, I can't tell if magician, magicians get women or not. Like, do they, are they like, do they do well dating or? I would say it's a half and half from my perspective of it. There's definitely the ones that are just way nerdy and like autistic and magic's the way they used to talk to girls. It's another thing too. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, it does open the door to the conversation, but your charisma after the conversation, now that the door's open is on you. And so it becomes then on that person. They all get the immediate foot in the door to start a conversation, which is great for meeting women. Every Because because everyone's like, I want to laugh. And most people aren't like, I want to be scared and confused. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, especially like on a date that no one's like, well, I hope this date ends in a surprise. You know, like that's not, it's not how that stuff goes. So like, yeah, I've seen like some magicians be able yeah, to do not- really well with women. And I've seen some really scare them away right i can just imagine i can just imagine a magician getting in a fight with his girlfriend because he pulled it you know did a trick and she's like how did you do that tell me how did you exactly do that? you know it's always <laughs> the same argument so he's like how did you do that i wanted mm-hmm. i'm not telling you how i did this i'm not telling how did you do it it's yeah so relationships are based on trust and communication yeah exactly and they're just like i can't i there's a code Dude, I made a I made a puppy disappear. I, I made a disappear. I made a puppy appear before your very eyes. You love puppies, but where did it come from? I need to know where did it come from. It's so. Funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I've actually watched a girl in the Magic Castle have that argument where she's just like, "I just can't watch another man just hide things from me in front of my face." That's you so know, <laughs> and you're just like, "That is so funny," and I totally understand her mentality on it. Oh. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess that answers that question. Yeah. And then, you know, with comedians, they get duped into thinking it's going to be constant laughter and then you date us and you're like, oh, this is, this is miserable. You guys are just awful. (laughs) Yeah. I think people are confused by how quiet I can be when I'm alone. Mm. Cause I'm definitely, when I'm chatty, I'm super chatty. When I'm not chatty, I'm like, please three words at most. I don't want to really do any of this. And there's, it's expected to that. Mm -hmm. all the time and it's like some nights i'm like hey i really just want to just like veg out and watch some tv and movies and i'm not really gonna be talking much you know oh yeah no and i've had girlfriends that are like what do you think about that what do you think about that what do you think about that which is great because that means at some point they loved my retorts and things and you're just like i don't know i don't care i just please can i just watch wrestling like a little boy and just be ignored wrestling <laughs> um yeah so I also want to ask you about my card collecting because I feel like I'm really bad at it. This is big. This is a great topic. Yeah, I would love to talk about this. Okay. I um I feel like for every like $3,000 I spend, I end up with like $1,000 in cards. Which, so you, um, you lose $2,000 every $3,000. Yeah, I feel like $2,000 just goes to the wind. Okay. And I feel like, of course, I generally emotionally get very excited for what's in the box. So I can't not open the box. But then at the same time, I'm also, I want to say 80% of the time, very disappointed with what's in the box. Okay. Uh, now, so my, you, go ahead. No, no, please finish it. Finish it. So I can, no, no, you. I want you to assess like, what do you think generally before we even get into my specifics on my collecting? What do you think I'm doing wrong immediately when you're hearing all of this already? Do you already have an idea of what I'm doing wrong? 
Uh, me picking the wrong products. Um, uh, possibly, and I know that you do seem to collect, you do seem to go for like what you do want, which is the right, like, and I was always told this, like, yeah, buy what you want, don't buy what you think you should get. But I don't know, like, I'm good at collecting because I don't, it's gambling. It's gambling. You open boxes and it's fun. It's thrilling, but it's gambling. So it's like, okay, so this is what I would do. Um, Well, right now it's, it's tough to say it right now because the market's so high that like, you're just, boxes are stupid expensive right now, you know? So that's why it seems like it's really dumb to buy it. Like stocks. Oh, they're at their highest. You're pretty much going to lose at this point. Um, you know, so, so what I used to do is I would go like, okay, I'm going to buy a box that costs $70, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll lose 20 bucks on it at most. Maybe I'll get, maybe I'll like, you know, I'll be up, but I'm up. basically like, I don't think I'm going to lose much on this box, but I might not gain much on this box, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I buy a couple of those because I would be like, I know the chances of getting a big hit in one box are not very good. So rather yeah. than one expensive box, basically is what I'm saying, rather than buying one expensive box where it could be bust, you know, or yeah. you know, feast or famine, I go, I buy a little bit of a cheaper box, but I'll buy a couple of them. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a good chance of getting something in a couple. Uh, football, I've always been the, consi- one thing I've heard consistently from people is always sell football. If you get it and that player's hot, sell it because they could have an ACL tear the next day. Players yeah. don't play as yeah. more. Uh, and you know, they come, you know, this is what it is. It's like I'll look back at players from the 90s. Like I found like an Eric Chavez autograph card, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. oh shit, this dude was was pretty dope for like three or four years. This guy for the A's, this guy was kind of a star mm-hmm. and they're selling for like $3 now because unless you're like a yeah. bona hall of famer, you just lose value because there's always going to be another Eric Chavez that comes into the, that comes into the league. So with Justin Herbert, it's like, yeah, he had a really good season and look, he could go on to be the next Tom Brady. We really don't know, but like chances are he's not. So yeah, sell where, while he's a hot rookie. Because he's going to go through some growing pains. He's going to get banged up a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And and it's like... Well, let's look at Carson Wentz. We thought Carson dude, Wentz was going to so be great. And now... I have so many Carson Wentz autographed rookie cards, dude. So many, and I'm so bummed. And I need him to do well. Even if he does well, the prices aren't going to go back because now he's known not to be the next Tom Brady. It's now official that he's not the next Tom Brady. The second and he so starts, there's just the stock is down. The second he starts to do well, I'm unloading all of them. Well, I hope that this was knowledgeable to anyone listening about sports cards because you know this is really funny because people that like enjoy talking about it, like you and I, can talk about it for all day, and then like mm-hmm. if someone doesn't like it, they immediately listen and like I can't listen to this. It's so funny. Oh, I know. There's going to be a disclaimer because it's going to be like, hey, listen, if you don't like that, yeah, you can just skip this. Please, but if please. you're if you're here for that. You're going to love it. Wait, I'm trying to see if I can find. Here's the one I'm going to keep. Some patches and plates. Who is that? Oh. It's the Metcalf that I want to keep no matter what. I like that one. Yeah, that one's cool. Yeah, it's a fucking pretty ass card. I bought it low. 
So I definitely have a bunch of cards I'm keeping regardless. So yeah, when I uh, first I saw him play, I ignored his rookie season completely. But I like first or second week of this year, I was like, this guy's a monster no one knows about yet. And I just went off and bought cards for like four weeks. Smart. And then all of a sudden he was in the highlight reel and everyone would talk about him every week. And then all of those cards shot up to over a hundred and you're like, all right, cool. I'm just going to sit here now and hang out with them. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So I feel like proud. Like I scouted him. I'm going to like, you know, I'm just going to hang out with them as one is so great. Yeah. <laughs> Did you do it with the cards eventually? Right. You just end up hanging out with them. Yeah, dude, they're they're all over my walls and I was dating someone during the pandemic and she would come over and she'd be like, why are there just dudes staring at you at your, on your walls? And I'm like, like that's what makes me happy. Yeah, exactly. I was like, these are cards of like my idols. And she's like, I just see dudes in tight clothes. And I was like, I just think you have no imagination and you don't get it. And that's okay. Um, these are all dudes striving to be the, the best also, like, you you ruined my entire childhood like how sick are you yeah exactly Guys, uh, John and I ended up on the phone for an hour after this podcast took place, just showing each other our baseball cards and having like an eight-year-old boy conversation where we're just like, I got this one and I got that one. This one's my favorite. I mean, there's a little bit of that you heard in the podcast before I, you know, faded out to the next part because afterwards I taped the whole thing for like the next hour and a half. We just talk about baseball cards and depthly. Which was a great, interesting conversation. He should have his own baseball card podcast. We talked about that a little bit. But it got too baseball cardy for just this one alone. If you want more baseball card uh, podcast information, let us know. I'll, I think John and I should do a whole episode just about baseball cards and not even talk about regular life things. But I did want to have him on and talk about anxiety and regular life things. So there we go. John Campanelli, he mentioned briefly that he uh, is running a baseball card store in New York. So let's go through some of uh, the information. Like, if you like him, follow him on social media. He's on Instagram at John Campanelli one It's his name with the number one at the end. And then the store is called Perfectly Centered Store. And Perfectly Centered is in New York City. I believe the neighborhood is called Lot Larchmont, which is a neighborhood in Los Angeles, too. Uh, him and Kareen Fisher run a baseball card store. PerfectlyCenteredStore.com, if you want to check out their website. And that's where you can find baseball cards and if you show up and want to talk baseball cards to john pretty sure he'd love it the dude loves baseball cards and not just baseball you know all sports cards it's just easier to say that because it seems like it all stemmed from that i greatly enjoyed this episode i hope you guys greatly enjoyed it too next week i have a guy named ben seaman and that name is very unfortunate and we did not talk about his name at all i've had that conversation with him many years ago so we didn't there was no need but we did talk a lot about DuckTales. He wrote on season three of DuckTales, and I asked him about 20 DuckTales questions. It is DuckTale-filled. We do talk a little bit about like the other stuff, like Crazy Ex-Girlfriends mentioned. We don't go into any great detail on it, but you would also recognize him from that show. If you guys... I don't know if you guys... I, don't, I haven't heard much uh, as far as like getting any DMs from like when Danny did the show, who's a, 
a character on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. But yes, he's coming next week. It's also a great episode. I loved the whole conversation. And I'm actually excited to go through and edit it. Because you're like, yes! Yes, all this ducktail information. So much Disney. We, ha- we talk a lot about Disney legal. Which is also a fun topic in itself. So... Uh, As always, you can follow me at Aaron M. Marsh on all my things, and thank you for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, whether I find a place in this world or never belong, I've got to be me, I gotta be me, what else can I be?